Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new, but maybe not improved, DC Beer Show. I am your new host, Jacob Berg. Um, you may know me from the person who occasionally writes and edits pretty much everything that comes through, dcbeer.com. Um, we took, what is it, like a four-month break from the podcast, but you demanded it, and we're back. And so with me, I have Brandy. Brandy, a few words about yourself, please. Hi, everyone. Brandy Holder here. Uh, Brandy drinks gin and beer on Instagram, if you're trying to follow me. I try to do all of the DC beer Instagram. I try. I don't go out as much anymore, but I'll work on it. I have been on the DC Beer podcast twice. First time was kind of an iffy time. I was just sitting in. And the second time uh, was legit. It was really cool. We interviewed some really cool people. I have been in the industry for six years. I used to work at a local distillery. I no longer work for that distillery. While I was working in the industry, I met so many phenomenal people. And all of those people were always Brewers, brewery owners, slash people who worked at breweries, and people who visited breweries. So I just submerged myself in the beer scene and truly fell in love with everything local and beyond. I've been, I travel for beer when I used to travel and just really got into it. Grow hops, used to, and met my cool dude, Richard, who introduced me to all of these cool people. And uh, last year during DC Beer Week. And I'm just really thankful and I'm really happy and excited to be a part of this. And I uh, have Mike and, and Jake to help with the, the cool facts. And I'm just here to throw in some punches here and there and go places maybe when the world opens up and uh, be cool. So reach out, say hi, listen for me. Hopefully I'm not annoying. I'll be drinking. So cheers. <laughs> Mike Stein, grab the mic and go for yours. Yeah, we had some requests to bring the DC Beer Pod back, so we're doing that. I would say better than ever, in my humble opinion, simply because we have the old blood, Jacob Berg, uh, as the ringleader, taking over this three-tented circus. And then we have fresh blood with, with Brandy. Brandy's bringing young blood, hype personalities, just getting this party train barreling down the tracks. So if you don't know, my name is Mike Stein, and I have been writing for DC Beer for just about a decade now. Uh, you'll see my bylines with more regularity on dcbeer.com. And I'm really eager to get things back up and running because uh, every day that went by without our DC Beer pod, I was just bowled over in despair. But now I'm full of joy. And I wanted to let you all know that I am president of Lost Loggers, Washington, D.C.'s premier beverage research firm. As you know, I write for DCBeer.com. I also write for Washington City Paper, as well as Brewery History, the Journal of the Brewery History Society, and several other publications. So we are so eager to get back online, on pod, on topic with you. And I'll let Jake tell you a little bit more about what we have in store. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. What can folks expect? First of all, Discussions about craft beer, obviously, between the three of us, and perhaps guests on occasion. Uh, it's not going to be every week, and it won't be the whole show, uh, but we'll have some folks stop by from time to time, and that would be good. In the meantime, just great discussions about beer, and of course, we'll be focusing on 
DC, Maryland, and Virginia, the DMV. As of now, we are doing this remotely. Uh, think of this as sort of like a podcast by Zoom, although the software here is called Squadcast. Richard, who publishes DC Beer, is going to produce this show. And um, you, may, you may hear him from time to time as well, um, but for the most part, um, I think it's going to be the three of us. So, cool beans. Oh, and I would say if you want to reach out to us, beershow at dcbeer.com and across all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's at dcbeer. Do let us know. Feel free to email beershow at dcbeer.com to let us know how gorgeous the post on the gram was thanks to Brandy's uh, wonderful artistic eye or how terrible the take was on the Twitter sphere via Jake or myself. <laughs> yeah. Stein. What better way to kick off a podcast, Rebirth, than jumping straight into a very strange two-week edition of DC Beer Week, the virtual Zoom-based DC Beer Week in remote. That's going to be September 13th through September 26th. Restaurant Week got two weeks. DC Beer Week's going to get two weeks, too. And just like Restaurant Week, you can go places and people will give you stuff. This time, you can go places and people will give you beer. And then you should drink that beer someplace else, like on your porch. <laughs> Safely, yeah. <laughs> yes. I have feelings about this. Um, DC Beer Week is one of my favorite weeks of the year, every single year. Uh, and actually, it's where I met Richard last year at the Battle of the Barrel Age Beer at Boundary Stone. Pretty sure it was September 10th, which was actually my wedding anniversary, but I spent it at a, at a beer of his... <laughs> Um, by myself, but it was, it, I always have the best time. And because I have worked in the industry for six years, just DC beer week to me is always just all the beer people hanging out. And then all the people coming to drink all the really fun beer that's being released or special things that week and just partying. And so I have the best time, but my liver and my body is always uh, worn down uh, at the end of that week. And so I'm sad and thankful at the same time that DC Beer Week has happened, but is now over. So I'm. it's cool that it's happening for two weeks now, and that allows everyone to feel safe and get out and, you know, try to get it in as, as best as they can. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's more of an excuse for me to drink way more than I normally do. <laughs> Which is already a lot. Um, so I, I, I'm excited. Um, I really hope that everyone gets out and, you know, supports their local breweries and tries to feel some sort of normalcy and enjoy what is going to happen during those two weeks now instead of one. So, yeah, get out there and do, do fun things. I was going to say, the good news for your liver is that the Battle of the Barrel-Aged Beers this year comes in screw top reusable crawlers. <laughs> and so uh, when you're at Boundary Stone, um, as you were and as I was last year, there may be a tendency to um, overconsume five or six beers that are all double digits. With a screw top crawler, I'm not saying that, you know, these beers are going to be in pristine condition come day two or day three after they've been opened, but They'll probably hold up nicely enough, and generally, um, you don't want a ton of high carbonation with the barrel-aged stuff anyway, especially if it's a stout, 
And so I think uh, screw screw top crawlers. Um, you could you could have like a barrel aged uh, beer thing kind of go in for like three or four days there of interest. Yeah, I think the key here is all things in moderation, even moderation. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, <laughs> having two weeks will allow you to spread out, and by you I mean me, allow me to spread my DC Beer Week experience out over two weeks. I remember a few years ago, uh, to your point, Brandy, going particularly hard on like a Monday, or excuse me, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, repeat of events. And I think it was Dave Coleman uh, or, or another brewery owner that was like, yo, Mike, you need to try Milk of Magnesia. And I was like, what is this? And so I had Milk of Magnesia and I convinced myself that I instantly felt better on Thursday morning and then proceeded to go harder Thursday evening uh, and was like, this, like, what am I doing? This is not a good look. And so uh, with that in mind, I will keep the good looks rolling as we extend our period over a longer series of days, which is good because typically there's only one solidarity brew, right? So DC Beer Week happens every year. And the concept behind the Solidarity Brew is that there are a number of Metro DC, Maryland, and Virginia brewers get together to make one beer for the event. And this year, things are a little bit different in that there's not just one beer, there are multiple beers. Boundary Stone is kind of keeping the tradition alive in that they're doing one night of the Barrel Age beers, Battle of the Barrel Age beers. So several breweries do their best take on beer from the wood. Typically, to Jake's point, beers that are 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 percent. Uh, but so it's really interesting to see both Barrel Age, the you know Battle of the Barrel Age continuing that history and then a kind of new take on the Solidarity Brew uh, with more than just one, but beers you might have heard of or might have tried before from a number of different uh, breweries uh, participating in DC Beer Week. Word. Yeah, I want to say that like, there was maybe there were maybe one or two barrel aged beers last year that were you know clocking in and what somewhere between like high sevens and low nines. And so I specifically remember that Hellbenders was did not meet the criteria, but it was sorry everyone, it was my favorite, and uh, it would think it was everyone's favorite, and uh, but they were disqualified from the actual. If not event, but to win because their beer wasn't strong enough or wasn't high enough. It clocked in right below. So hilarious. Everyone still got destroyed. <laughs> so it was a good night. <laughs> yeah. So on this solidarity beer thing, um, just to pick up on what Stein was talking about, usually the members of the guild all get together and they brew a batch of beer. Then that batch could be canned or bottled or kegged. Then they sell it all over, all around town. That's not happening over the next couple of weeks. And instead, what we're going to get is if you buy particular beers from particular breweries, a portion of the proceeds are going to go to the DC Brewers Guild. So that's DC Brows in Session, Session IPA, Right Proper's Little Wit, Atlas Dance of Days, and Caboose out in Virginia, their Oktoberfest, um, their Marizen beer. So I would say look for those. Some of the proportions will go um, to the guild. The guild's a good cause. Mike, do you want to speak to a little bit of what the guild does? 
Yeah, sure. So the DC Brewers Guild is the arm that advocates for DC and in this case, DC area breweries around the metropolitan DC area. So basically what that means is the guild stays on top of both legislative sort of federal and local legislation because we are in the federal city. There's a lot of a policy that's created around beer, particularly how much tax you should pay uh, a brewer should pay per barrel of beer. So one of the things the Guild is involved in is advocacy and making sure that brewers are represented in D.C. Please do check out D.C. Beer Week on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Check out the Guild. Events are still being posted because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And some of us really are kind of making this stuff up as we go along. And that's okay. The best that you can do is good enough, everybody. <laughs> that being said, there's a scavenger hunt in case you've got cabin fever and want to get out of the house. And all throughout DC Beer Week, what the Guild would like you to do is download this app called Tapped In, T-A-P-T-I-N, and check into various breweries. Um, you earn points, like five points per brewery visit. Breweries that offer those solidarity brews, so DC Brow, right? Proper, Atlas, Caboose, certainly, am I leaving one out? I got them all. Yeah, cool. There aren't many this year. <laughs> no. We could see some, some more joining into this, uh, the Solidarity Brews movement over the next... I hope so. ...half week or so. So those breweries will offer clues, and when you put everything together, you can win various kinds of swag and such. Scavenger hunt, get out of the house, go around, Drive carefully, get a Desi. I feel like we covered DC Beer Week reasonably well. And of course, we'll check back in perhaps next week or the week after with everyone's various Beer Week experiences thus far. And now I'm, we're going to transition into an absolute downer of <laughs> a topic. Womp womp. I know, because like the pandemic and supporting locals um, who could really, really, really use your help isn't downer enough. I, th I can speak only for myself here. I have friends at Union Brewing. They appear to have really, really, really messed up. Let's get into all of it. Let's unpack all of it. But let's lead with there are allegations against Union Craft Brewing right now that just came out yesterday. So we're recording this on Tuesday, September 8th. Yesterday was uh, Monday, September 7th. And a complaint was lodged by Mowgli, this person on Instagram, saying effectively that Union Craft Brewing had some impropriety in their actions. Specifically, the allegations were for theft at easiest, assault at worst, maybe some combination of the two. Baltimore is not D.C., but it's just up the road from us. We felt we had to speak on it. Jake and Brandy, let's, let's talk about it. An owner-founder of Union had allegedly um, somehow gained access to employees' cell phones and got themselves nudes and other pictures from these employees and sent them to himself. Evidently, there's been a whisper network of some sorts about behavior on the part of Union's ownership for some time now, which means that someone is alleged to have done this and the other 
owners of union are alleged to have looked the other way. In terms of what can be done, I'll go with what uh, unregistered nurse UN, which is uh, a website uh, out of Baltimore there for bookings and more unregistered nurse. They had tweeted out that, quote, in light of recent SA allegations, sexual assault allegations against union brewing, wanted to suggest in the spirit of restoration a few ideas beyond a public apology and what they've already committed to doing. Obviously, the first is to talk to the victims and see what they want. Power and agency was taken from them, and that needs to be restored. Also, reach out to everyone they fired to keep this quiet and offer them their jobs back with higher pay. I'll let you read that for yourselves. UN Booking is U at U-N-B-O-O-K-I-N-G on Twitter. But there are people who are weighing in about it right now, quite frankly, who are making suggestions on how the situation can could be better. And of course, we don't know much about the situation. Um, Mowgli, the original poster of the, the Instagram, Rand had said that these allegations had gone back to 2015, which is quite frankly, a really long time for this to be out of the press. The facts, no, you know, no speculation at all. This IG user Mowgli posted this. And then a few hours later, a union posted an apology on Instagram. Those are the facts. That's all we know right now. I'm going to stay quiet on this one until I find out more information. But as a woman who deals with sexual harassment and assault uh, for, you know, basically all my life, <laughs> I feel like this is a whole thing that I'm going to dive into. <laughs> and I'd rather not right now because I'm trying to be chill and maybe have more information. But any anyone that is mistreated in a workplace, I have been mistreated many, 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 many times at a workplace. But it being covered up in hush-hush thing is, I think, is a huge aspect of it. And also being a woman, no one really believes you and, you know, it's you have no say and it doesn't matter what they what you say. So I'm curious to see how this unfolds, to see what happens on both ends. And I'm glad that it came to light, to be honest. I mean, I have been to Union Craft many times and liked their beer very much. And, you know, you you never know what's going on behind the scenes, period. And A, I want to support whomever was abused or taken advantage of or violated, obviously. And there's no excuse for going through someone's personal belongings and and then continuing by taking those personal belongings. And anyway, I'll, I'll let everyone read it for themselves because I don't want to dive into it too much because I have I still have to process it myself. <laughs> so um, but I'm I'm glad that we that it was brought up and you guys should look into it and I, everything will reveal itself, I'm sure. Yeah, and if you want to alter your purchasing decisions in the meantime, um, I completely and 100% understand. Um, I don't want to speak too much more on this um, because as a cis het white dude, um, I should probably just shut up and listen to Brandy and others on this topic. I will say that I'm very fortunate to know most of my friends are very supportive of uh, everything. <laughs> just to be very plain in general, but I don't know anyone who would be on 
unions side right now because it is the Time's Up movement, which should always be a thing, but had its light, uh, and that light has is not has not been shining recently because of many other very important things as well, like equally important. The world is crazy right now, um, but we let's not lose sight of how we can better ourselves and union craft can uh, take a hit for a little bit because, you know, you can't mistreat your anyone, but especially doing the shitty thing that they're accused of doing. Oh, my God. Oh, mm, go ahead. All right. I'm going to drink my beer. Yeah, well said. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really shitty situation, quite frankly, and we'll wait to see what levels out, but believe women, yes. right? I mean, that's really what, we, what we've gotten out of me, too, is that believe women, and I do. So now the million-dollar question is what happens, right? Because all that's been thrown around now is allegations. We're still waiting to see how things play out. But we have the facts that these two posts, basically posts of allegation, one post of allegation, one post is an apology. Those are the facts, you can go on Instagram right now and look them up. And um, for those of you who say, oh, blah, 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 stick to beer, this is beer. Yeah. And at the same time, it's also bigger than beer. Mm -hmm. I wanted to close up the show with what are folks drinking? Yeah. Like what's what's hot, what's new, what's, what's in the fridge? What did you have in the last week? You're like, I'm going to run out and buy another six or four pack of that. Brandy, are you drinking a lager named after a European city made by one of our favorite breweries in Northern Virginia? I, well, that's been long, it's been long gone. <laughs> I'd crush that. That was, gone. that was my first beer when I got home. So my first beer, guilty. <laughs> Coincidence, I think not. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is a Vienna lager. Made by uh, Ocelot Brewing. Uh, shout out to Adrian, my boo Adrian out there. Just went and traveled out to Nova to, for, to pick up an auction win that I got on the interwebs. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see Adrian. He's been begging me to come say hey. And I left with $300 worth of beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> easily. Three, like three pallets of, you know, cases of beer. I was going to say, like, it's amazing you left with, like, two bottles of Anchorage barley wine and, like, one Cantillon Creek. Well, actually, so he wanted me to come <laughs> after hours, but I had to pick up my auction win during a certain time frame. He's like, come come after the brewery's closed. We'll just open some bottles of some crazy stuff and drink just the two of us because it'll be safe. And I'm like, dope. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I went and we sat out on the deck, which was lovely. Met some cool people, you know, socially distanced. We're cool. That was my first beer. So the Vienna Lager, which I actually ended up pouring in my Rocket Frog beautiful glass. It's like mm, such a nice. Thanks, stung. Richard, for bringing this. Yes. yes. And then, yes. so I will say that my good friend, who whom I've known since middle school, which was 1995, uh, visited. So she quarantined with her mom, who's 80 years old. And so didn't go out to anything that she had a COVID test before she came to visit. So she, everybody, we're all safe. I didn't, I don't have the Rona, but she brought me beer. She went to state of beer, shout out to state of beer, North Car Raleigh, North Carolina. Cause I love that place, but she brought me a whole bunch of beer because she knows I don't get to go out from flying machine brewing 
which is in Wilmington, which I'd actually never been to. It's been a while since I've been out to North Carolina. And it's um, Vimana, Vimana. It's a Kolsch-style Kolsch ale, but flying flying machine. I was like, damn, it's pretty good. Good for y'all. But that's the only <laughs> things that I've had because I don't want to get up <laughs> uh, and ruin the podcast. So, yeah. Uh, but I have been crushing my Hellbender Kolsch and the broken or the shattered galaxy from Hellbender. Oof. And the reason I, well, two reasons I drink Hellbender constantly is A, it's a seven minute walk down the street from my house. And second, the Kolsch and the shattered galaxy, like really everything they make is phenomenal. I love the guys there. It's a small little neighborhood cheers type brewery. And if you haven't been, you you're missing out on your life, but yeah, so I've been crushing that, but these are my fancy beers for the podcast. <laughs> what you drinking, Mike? I'm breaking out fancy beers too. So I started our pod with Dovetail, Dovetail Brewing uh, from Chicago. Uh, my homie JP, she recently transitioned to a brewer there. She was always helping out um, doing taproom marketing, branding stuff. Um, now she actually brews the beer. So she sent... Uh, the DC beer pod, some Rauk beer. So I was drinking smoked lager from Dovetail. Uh, sorry, listeners, you can't get it. Unless you're in Chicagoland, then go to Dovetail during scheduled hours, order a pickup from them. I am now drinking a beer called Smoking Lit, freestyle Lichtenhainer from Black Man Brewing. Mm. Black Man Brewing is a one-man force. This gentleman, Barrett Tillman, formerly of Texas, now of Costa Rica, Pura Vida. Uh, he, he's in Costa Rica now doing his gypsy brewing there. You know, of course, he speaks on uh, why gypsy uh, is a bad name, why, why that's a negative word connotation. But he is an artist without a brewer. We got to interview Barrett when he came to D.C. last year in 2019, uh, when I believe he was still Texas located. Um, he might have been in Costa Rica for that at that point in time, for all I know. But now he's in Costa Rica uh, messing around with uh, native fruits and capturing wild yeast for native fruits. He has a partner brewery in Costa Rica. I believe it's Treinte Cinco uh, out of Costa Rica. And so if you just look up Black Man Brewing on Facebook, IG, or Twitter, you'll get to Barrett's work. I bought this Black Man Brewing uh, smoking lit from the Church Key Beer Shop. Hmm. Shout out to Neighborhood Provisions. You can get this beer delivered to your door. It's a pricey bottle. I want to say it was 18 bucks. But last week, the last day of August, second to last day of August was my birthday. So I was drinking some birthday beers that didn't get consumed on my birthday. So I splurged. I had a treat yourself day and it's a Lichtenhainer. It's a smoked wheat beer. Mm. Yeah, not only am I drinking, you know, a sour wheat beer, a smoked sour wheat beer, which, you know, hits all of my heartstrings. It's a historical beer. It's a beer brewed by uh, a fantastic black brewer, Barrett Tillman. His name's even on the cork. I mean, the packaging is just really, it's artisanal. Literally, his signature is underneath the cork. And so I think for the for the onophiles, for the vino heads, you know, it's it's a bottle. It's a small bottle, but you could totally savor this bottle, chop the cork off, and then go run and grab the cage and, and take a look under the cork and see Barrett's name there and know, like, damn, this is an artisanal beer. Now I'm really, really angry because of Corona, because I wish I was there drinking that with you. 
<laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. It still may be available via neighborhood provisions. I last checked yesterday because this is, you know, the only bottle I got and it's wonderful. Mm. So I, I may splurge another 18 bucks. It's mom's birthday tomorrow. So maybe I'll order her some. Well, happy belated birthday, Mike. Cheers. Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Right Proper used to make one of these called the Lubbock Touch. Um, but now that another Barrett, Barrett Lauer is in charge there, um, I don't think that we're going to see um, the Lichtenhauer style being made in DC proper anytime soon. What's your second beer, Mike? Did you have two or three or four? Yeah, so <laughs> just two. So <laughs> so this Lichtenhauer, the smoked wheat ale, and then the dovetail uh, Rauch beer, okay. the smoked lager. Yeah. So it was a night of smoked beers. Um, I actually had some Blue Jacket Radio Cure, their dry hop pilsner uh, at dinner. Cool, cool. I'm going to go in a totally different direction because you two are drinking like historic styles and classics. Um, and I was gifted by a friend as a gag gift. Uh. This absolutely <laughs> disgusting um, new, <laughs> new, new money abomination that is called Fool's Gold. I'm not going to tell you the name of the brewery because there's no need to spread bad <laughs> vibes. Um, but it's, it's from Pennsylvania and it is an imperial peanut butter Hefeweizen. If you like the buttered popcorn and um, peanut butter jelly bellies, then this is a really good beer for you. I pick those out and I have literally fed those two flavors to my dog because I really <laughs> don't like those two flavors in particular. <laughs> this beer is going to be a drain pour. I get what they're going for um, because Hefeweizen kicks off like uh, the ester some yeast. Yeah, mm. right? Like you get some bananas, yeah. you get some clove, and so peanut, peanut butter bananas is a classic combination. This beer is a complete and utter misfire for me, but to its credit, it tastes like what one would think of if you thought of a Hefeweizen, mm -hmm. the German-style wheat beer, and you threw a whole bunch of peanut butter powder into the mash, as some brewers now do with um, pastry stouts. They can't all be winners. I'm going to clean my mouth out with um, Old Forrester 1920, one of my favorite bourbons. Good thing you're sterilizing after, after that abomination. Yes. <laughs> Hygiene is important. I want to just kind of throw it out there that I think during DC Beer Week, I will be, I try to go out and about a little bit, I mean, safely, but I want to hear where everybody's getting their beer from during the, and you don't have to just go to, you know, the participating. I mean, yes, do that too. Oh, I think there's another event that you didn't mention Oh, yeah. Like, I know, like, like DC Brow's got two coming up that are both yeah. foody. Um, one is with uh, the Meats and Foods folks, which is Oktoberfest themed. Um, I think like 25 bucks gets you like, uh, like the DC Brow Fest beer. It gets you meats from Meats and Foods, mustard. Yeah. There's a stein. On one of the promo pictures, the mustard even comes in a stein, which I don't really yeah. know like the logistics of that. Does it come it in a Mike stein? Oh, oh. <laughs> no, but I will tell you, you can just uh, eat all the mustard. And then if you hand wash the stein, it's a close second to this stein to drink your Vienna lager out of. Or you could pour oh, Hefeweizen well. into it and say it's an imperial mustard well, Hefeweizen. I'm actually using a mid-century vintage stein. For oh. my, I collect, Ooh. so I have a little side business that I opened that was doing things before the Rona. But I own Bees Knees Vintage DC, 
And so one of my weird obsessions, Ooh. it's actually mostly for myself and not for sale, but I collect vintage glassware and I have the most amazing collection of, of glassware. But yeah, this dope Stein. Yeah, <laughs> it's see? not a Mike Stein, but it's a Stein. <laughs> and here I was trying to heighten the contradictions by drinking this fool's gold imperial peanut butter half of ice and that of a Teku glass, um, like a <laughs> proper beer hipster. <laughs> but anyway, I want to know where everybody's drinking. And uh, yeah. I want to get feedback. Send me messages on Instagram and, you know, let me know. Like, I'll check in when I'm there. And if I'm there, come come, cheers a beer, you know, with me six feet apart <laughs> with a mask on. Yeah. And be like, what up? Yeah, for <laughs> but, those who are out and about, go say hi. distance. But also yeah. make sure, guys and gals and they and them, that when you are at a brewery and you go pick up booze, Tag dcbeer.com too and tag us on, you know, on the twits and the Instagrams and we'll see it be like, hey, what's up, guys? So it's it's nice having that little bit of interaction and, you know, well, I'll yeah. take any little bit I can get. Cool. I think on that note. Let's end it. Yeah. I like, I like, <laughs> Bye. Let's, let's wrap up there. Same bat time, same bat channel next week. Mike, Brandy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all Cheers. for listening to DC Beer Thank Show. Thank you, Jake. New and improved. Welcome back, I hope. 